Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, came from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now um, change your Bibles to Acts, please. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judah and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were together looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, he went, Behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Please keep your Bibles open. Hello, let me add my welcome. My name's Rob. Um, and it's good to see you here. Um, we're, we're in this kind of uh, Bible overview. So what we've been doing the last uh, five or six Sundays has just been taking big snapshots uh, through the Bible and uh, trying to see what the story of the Bible is as a whole. And uh, this is kind of second to last part. Um, so um, you're joining slightly towards, if you're joining today, you're joining slightly towards the end. Um, we've only got one more week um, of this. Um, it's the second week we've had in the New Testament. We had Jesus' life and what he said and what he did last week. And now we're getting on to what happens just after he's taken back up to heaven. Um, I've got a question for you. Um, and, and after we've chatted to the person next to us about the answer to that question or what you think the answer to the question is, uh, we're going to pray for our time together. So um, uh, this question is, what is God doing in the world today? Just uh, in a nutshell, chat to the person next to you. Say what you honestly think. If you think not much, say that. Um, you know, tell the person next to you what you think God is doing in the world today. I'll give you a minute to do that. Okay, I'll draw you back together. Granted, it can sometimes be really hard to know and to see what God is doing in the world around us. Um, so, uh, answers on the back of a postcard. What do you think? What do you think God is doing in the world today?
Shout some things out. Okay? Making it a safer place? or Yeah? Thanks. Anyone else? Just giving people time or space to, in order. Yeah, okay. Anything else? Sustaining everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, created everything, probably sustaining it as well. What else? Um, come on, some more ideas. Okay, so it's in individual lives you see his workings, is what you're saying, yeah. and then as a general plan... It's hard to see how it all fits together. But that might just be because we're humans. Okay? What else? So he said uh, he, he is building a hospital for the church. So, like, you can see hostile countries where they were very close to the gospel. They are, mm. The people are becoming Christians, like in communist countries and stuff like that. So, you can see it penetrating. In, in roads into. But, but for, so that they might hear the gospel? Is that what you think? Okay, right. Okay, um, it's a big question. Obviously, we're not going to have the chance to tell, say everything that God is doing in the world today, but um, we are in the middle of this Bible overview. And um, whereas lots of people, I think, would answer that question and say, well, I don't think God is doing all that much. I can't really see what he's doing. Um, so I don't really think he's up to much. Uh, he's kind of getting the payroll, but not actually doing anything. Um, I think that might be because what we're expecting God to do is, is not actually the things that he said he would do. So I think we need to alter our question slightly from what is God doing in the world today to what does God tell us he's going to be doing in the world today. Um, and that's why those passages from the Bible are quite helpful um, for answering that question, and we're going to look at that. Um, the opening few verses of the book of Acts, which was the second reading, if you can just have that open in front of you. Uh, answers this very important question what is God doing in the world today and not surprisingly it comes at a very important moment because Jesus is just about to go up into heaven and he's leaving his disciples and he's telling them why Um, Eddie often questions me whenever I want to leave him Um, he this is my son he's four and he always asks me, what, like, why, Dad? Why, why do you have to go? Or why do I have to stay without you? Um, he wants to know. And I have quite a test on my hands to, 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 to explain or to justify that what I'm going to do, in going off to do, or what he's going to do without me is important enough. Warrants him being on his own. And so Jesus is doing this kind of thing. He's in, in um, telling the disciples why he's going to leave them what he's going to go to do, and what they're going to do um, in his absence. Um, So we're going to look at this together. If you keep your Bibles open at Acts chapter 1, and we're just going to look at those few verses that we read. And we're going to look at it from verse 6. We'll see that the disciples have a question for Jesus. Their question is, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, that might not make much sense to us. Um, those words, kingdom and Israel, you know, it's not our part of the world. What's going on? Well, they have a question, which is, 
God, is this the time, Jesus, is this the time when, because your kingdom has come, you are here, you're the king, is this the time where everything is going to be fulfilled? When God's kingdom is going to be here permanently and just going to carry on? And that question is particular. They want to know whether it's going to be to Israel, to us, basically is what they're asking. Will you at this time restore the kingdom to us? And actually it's not, if we've been looking at our Bible overview, it's not an unfair expectation, is it? Bible overview tells us that God's kingdom was always the thing that was promised. God's kingdom was a place where people could enjoy God forever, living under his rule and enjoying his blessing. And so for them to have this kind of question, it's not a wrong expectation. Um, Perhaps it's a bit narrow in its scope, because what they're saying is, is it going to be here? Is it going to be Israel? And if you remember, um, God said that he would restore Israel, the kingdom to Israel, but he also said, I will bring in the nations. He will bring in people from all nations, from every tribe, tongue. And so actually the scope of it is a bit wrong. And that's why their timing is out, because what they're saying to him is, is it going to happen now? Now let's look at Jesus' reply um, in, in the next verse, verse 7. Jesus says to them, is it, not, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus corrects this, the scope of what they're expecting because what they're expecting is way too small. They're just saying, is it going to happen here, Jesus? And Jesus is saying, no, it's going to happen all over the world. The good news of my death, my resurrection, Jesus says, is going to go to all people, all nations, everywhere. And so your time frame is wrong because your scope is too small. He is God. His glory matters. The glory of his son matters. And it's going to be something that would be for all people everywhere. Not just for these guys here. Remember, there's only 11 disciples that Jesus is talking to right here. The timing is not yet. And there's a good reason for that. The nations are going to hear of this wonderful gospel, the good news. That's what he says, isn't it? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Well, they're happy about that. Um, In Judea. mm -hmm. Samaria. huh? And to the ends of the earth. And these are just 10... 11 guys and Jesus is saying this too but he tells them how it's going to happen he says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses so they are to wait until they receive the Holy Spirit so in order for that to happen Jesus will send the Holy Spirit to them to continue his witness to the world through them so If we're looking for what God is doing in the world today, this is where to look. Because this is what God has said he will be doing in the world today. He says that he will be making witnesses that will go to all the ends of the earth by the power of his Holy Spirit. And so if you're you're asking that question honestly and you're saying, I'd love to know what God is doing. And humbly, you're saying you're not saying it proudly. I think I should tell God what He's doing, should be doing. 
here he says that what we should see, look out for him doing is new, new believers, people coming to faith, Christians uh, cropping up all over the place because people are witnessing to what Jesus has done. And actually, it's where to look. And in fact, you won't have to look very far because just turn to the person and look, look at them. Sorry if, they're, if, you know, if you have to look at them. But, but that person is here because God has been doing that. We're all here because God has been doing that. Um, let me just show you a quick map um, to make that point. Um, this is where the disciples were, the 11 disciples were, where Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Um, and that tiny little dot is, represents a cluster of, of people. Um, this is today, or 2020 actually. So God has been doing what he said he would be doing, which is taking his gospel out through, individ- through normal people that he has saved to the ends of the earth. And that's where we can look to see what God is doing in the world today. Here is where we can look to see what God is doing in the world today. So really, I think if we've got that view of God where he's the one who um, has, has, you know, almost has to justify what he's been doing to us, I think, I think we're the proud ones, actually. And the reason he's been doing this is because it depends on him. It depends on Jesus, really. And Jesus is the one who says, I'm going to go, I'm going to send the Spirit, and the Spirit is the way in which you're going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. So you think about it, 11 guys, it was impossible. What he was saying here was impossible. It was ridiculous. It was just crazy talk. 11 guys, you will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, uh, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. What's he going on about? But he says this power of the Holy Spirit is going to bring this about. It's going to make this happen. Uh, in a moment, we're going to have a think about that other reading we had, which was from John's Gospel, where Jesus has a conversation about the Holy Spirit with one man, Nicodemus. And we've got to think about that, because it shows us what the Holy Spirit's work is in salvation, in helping people to come to see who Jesus is. But just personally for you, it is a staggering thought, isn't it, that the God of the universe would pursue you, would want a relationship with you. That's a staggering thought, isn't it? That what he is doing in the world today is such that you and I would come to know him through the gospel message, through the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we would know him. It's staggering, but it's not that surprising. Why do I say that? Well, it's not surprising because it's what God always promised he was going to do. We've been seeing it all the way through the Bible, haven't we? He promised in creation. He promised at the fall. He promised in the promise to Abraham. He promised in the kings and the land. He promised that he was going to have a people for himself. And so it shouldn't be surprising. If we've been seeing what the Bible says, it shouldn't be surprising to us. So what's God doing in the world today? He is gathering people from every nation for his people, for himself, through the gospel, through the power of the Holy Spirit um, and his witnesses. We're just going to look at John chapter 3. Now, see if you could go back there. 
Let's read together. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs unless, uh, that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Jesus is speaking to a a Jewish guy, a very religious guy. He knows his scriptures. And that guy comes to him and says, Rabbi, teacher, we know that uh, you are from God. Because who could do the miracles if they weren't from God? And Jesus stumps him. Jesus absolutely stumps him. Because he tells him, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And it's almost comical, isn't it, to see Nicodemus doing this sort of <laughs> trying to work it out. Um, uh, Jesus, born again? Oh, I, I understand the birth. I understand what happens. Um, <coughs> Jesus, it's, it's not going to happen. But he's missed the point entirely, hasn't he? Because what Jesus is saying is the spirit must give you new birth. You have to be born of the spirit. The second birth is not a a physical birth, it's a spiritual birth. And there's Nicodemus trying to work it out and trying to say, oh, okay, well, I guess if I could do that, if I could just, you know, oh, it's going to be a bit of a squeeze, isn't it? You know, um, but it's comical because actually he can't do it. It's impossible for him. And yet it's possible through the spirit. Only the spirit can give birth to the spirit. The flesh just, give, just gives birth to, birth to flesh. The spirit gives birth to the spirit. And so what is the spirit doing? What is he, the Holy Spirit, doing in the world today? He is giving people new life, spiritual life, waking them up from a spiritual death, giving them eyes to see who Jesus is. That is what the spirit is doing. And it's, what, it's just amazing, isn't it? We sang about it. That he would do that for us. That he would open our eyes to see who Jesus is. That he would give us a new life. A new life with Jesus. With God as our father. And that will stump some of us I think. Because we always thought that being a Christian was about what we would do for God. We always thought that being a Christian was about what we must do to be saved. (laughs) And here Jesus is saying... You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. Um, I, I'm pretty stubborn, and I'm, uh, if you're if you're sitting there and you're feeling a bit you know, proud and thinking I don't want God's help to do this, don't worry. I'm stubborn too. I'm proud. Um, when I do DIY at home, I'll ask my wife for help. But I've realised actually, I only ask her for help if I think that the combined efforts of me and my wife will actually get the job done. So I'm not really saying, uh, I'm so proud I can't even say, like, I'm only going to embark on something if I think I'll get the job done. So I say, darling, can you help me with this? But only if together we're going to succeed. It's an entirely different thing for me to lay down the tools and t- like put them down 
and say, I just can't do this. You're going to have to do this for me. And yet that is exactly the response that Jesus is saying Nicodemus has to have. You cannot save yourself, Nicodemus. You cannot be born again. You're trying to work it out. It doesn't work. Because the spirit gives birth to spirit. You can't do this. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So lay down the tools. Step away. This isn't your job. You can't do this. And that's, <laughs> that's amazing, isn't it? The Spirit, Holy Spirit, would open our eyes to see who Jesus is, would give us new birth, this new life. And he has been doing that. Ever since these words that Jesus spoke, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Just look at that. That is what the Holy Spirit, what God is doing in the world today. And what he can do for you. If you will just lay down the tools, step back, say, I can't do this. This is impossible for me. The Spirit has to give me new life. God has to do this. Well, um, this is good news. Surprisingly, it might be humbling news, but it is good news. Because we can't save ourselves. We can't give ourselves new life. The spirit gives birth to spirit. But it's good news that God's plan for all nations is good news. We've been singing about it. Happy day. God is the kind of God that will pursue us to save us, to bring us into relationship with him. If you're not a believer here today, you might have been looking for what God's doing in all the wrong places. You might have been looking and expecting to see God doing things that he just hasn't promised to do. God, I thought you were going to fix that for me. I thought you were going to land me that job. I thought you were going to make my life more comfortable. I thought you were going to bail me out when things go wrong. And although knowing God will undoubtedly help us with those kind of things, what God is about is bigger than that. He is about the glory of Jesus. What he is doing is bringing more and more people to know about him and to adore Jesus and to serve him because he is glorious and he deserves all the worship for what he has done, for who he is. It is impossible for us to give ourselves new birth. You cannot be born again unless you're born again of the Spirit. Unless the Spirit gives you new birth. You cannot do what Jesus is command, saying Nicodemus must do, which is be born again. <laughs> Just can't do it. God can do it. Ask him to do that today. Have you ever asked him? Have you ever honestly asked him? God, will you give me new life? Will you help me to see who Jesus is? I don't think I'd work it out all on my own. In fact, I know from this that it's impossible for me to enter the kingdom of God. I need you to give me new birth. I need you to change my life. Why don't you ask him to do that today? If you're a believer and you're someone for whom that has already happened, we, we have a wonderful saviour, don't we? We, have, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We have been given the Holy Spirit. And we've been given the Holy Spirit for the purpose of being God's witnesses in the world. That's what we learn from this, isn't it? 
If we've been given the Holy Spirit, power will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. But it is a wonderful thing. It's, it's amazing how we're more useful to God when we know that we're not all that useful. We're more useful to God when we know that we're not all that useful. Because people being changed by what we say doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on your, how you explain it. It doesn't depend on uh, how many times you explain it. <laughs> it doesn't depend on you because it depends on the Spirit. The Spirit has to open people's eyes to see who Jesus is. He has to give people new life. And it's amazing how much more useful we are to God when we realise that we're not that useful. When we humbly admit that and see that the Spirit is the one who opens blind eyes. I reckon if we were to grasp this as a church, what you'd find us doing is not um, feeling guilty about not telling people about Jesus, which, frankly, that's what we do quite a lot of the time. Um, You'd find us humbly asking God, praying for him to give people new life. That's what you'd find us doing privately, maybe in the quiet of our own hearts, only God knows. Together, we'd be praying for people to come to new life, that he would give people new life. And I think we would share the gospel with precisely that kind of expectation, wouldn't we? If your expectation, having prayed, (laughs) was that God could give this person new life, you'd have courage, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd have you'd have expectation at least that that, that of what God is going to do, and you'd share the gospel. And I'll be honest with you, I feel really challenged by this because I think my drop in sharing Jesus to other people has exposed that I was probably doing it in my own strength before. Because if I've stopped, that probably means I was doing it in my own strength, and then I realised, oh, actually, I can't do this. And that's absolutely right. So here, the the thing for us, for, for believers here today, is a real encouragement, a real confidence in what God is going to do. What the Spirit can do to give people new life. Open blind eyes. Uh, One of the most bold witnesses I know of, a guy called Rico Tice, he says this every time he shares the gospel, every time he gets up in front of a room full of people, he says this to himself, I speak of Jesus, God opens blind eyes. (laughs) What's my role in this? I speak of Jesus. What's God's role in this? He opens blind eyes. Amazing, isn't it? How different from thinking, this all depends on me. If I make a hash of this, this is going to affect whether or not they have eternal salvation. No. It doesn't depend on you that much. He opens blind eyes. Um, So, we've been seeing that what God is doing in the world today is he is sending witnesses to the world by the power of his Holy Spirit. People who speak of Jesus, and that's, that's why we're sitting here, is it not? People in this room have, are sitting here because Jesus has, because Jesus has continued to do that, um, even after he was taken up into heaven. And if we, if we don't know, the, know Jesus yet, we just can't work it out by ourselves. We're not going to do it. If it depends on us, it's not going to happen. We'll keep on going around in circles and thinking, oh, I thought I was a Christian. No, I'm not because I'm not trying hard enough. I'm not doing enough. If it depends on the Spirit... And we humbly say, 
Spirit, open my eyes, please. That's the only way this is going to happen. He will do it for us. He will show us who his, uh, God's Son is because the Holy Spirit is about the glory of Jesus. He wants Jesus' glory to be seen. So you can have all the kind of spiritual meetings you want, but the spiritual church is the one where the glory of Jesus is being proclaimed. And people are coming to see who Jesus is. Let's pray. Father God, it is your amazing design that you would, even though Jesus was here in the flesh, that he would return to you and that he would send your Holy Spirit to be in every believer, in every place, in every language, in every part of this world. We're amazed by seeing how uh, that plan achieves what you want it to, which is the glory of your son. That more people would be seeing how glorious he is, how wonderful he is, and coming to know him for themselves. And we're humbled and staggered by the fact that you would do that for us. That you would want a relationship with us. And yet we're stumped as well. We know that we cannot be born again unless the Spirit gives us this new life. Uh, So we humbly ask you to do that for us today. Uh, We pray, having received your spirit, that we would be those who would speak of you to others so that they may come into uh, your kingdom, your eternal life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.